Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. Let's think about activating the compassionate self. Now, the first step in all of this is to always bring it back to the body. And by this, I mean we begin with body posture and facial expression, inner voice tones, and in particular, soothing rhythm breathing. In terms of body posture, we're really looking for an upright but relaxed posture. We roll back our shoulders. Oh, I had a heavy session of PT this morning. And we open up the chest. And we perhaps lift our chin and look as if we're looking towards the horizon. We get into a position where there's a slight concave in the back, resting our hands gently on the lap and placing our feet about shoulder width apart, flat on the ground. The facial expression is relaxed. We relax the brow, relax the jaw, and maybe even a faint smile. Nothing too dramatic. We just want to have a warm and friendly facial expression. And then we start to practice inner voice tones that are also warm and friendly. We might even say to ourselves just quietly in our own mind and with a friendly voice, body slowing down, mind slowing down. And then we begin to slow down the breath, breathing in, two, three and breathing out, two, three. Breathing in for three, breathing out for three. And we try to focus on the out-breath in particular, making the out-breath slow, steady, and soothing. The in-breath tends to upregulate the body, activating the sympathetic nervous system. The out-breath tends to downregulate the body, activating parasympathetic nervous system. And so as we breathe in, the body upregulates just that little bit. And then as we breathe out, the body starts to downregulate. So it can be really useful to watch at the bottom of the breath as the body starts to slow down, the heart rate slows down, and any tension that might be there starts to ease. And then we slow down the breath a little bit more, breathing in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. We breathe in for four, and we breathe out for four. Checking in with body posture, upright but relaxed, warm and friendly facial expressions, and warm and friendly inner voice tones, body slowing down, mind slowing down. And finally, we slow down the body a little bit more. In, two, three, four, five, and out. Two, three, four, five. In for five, and out for five. Now, the idea here isn't necessarily to create a state of relaxation. Relaxation is good and often slowing down the breath can help with that too. But as we're moving towards activating the compassionate self, we're actually creating a sense of groundedness and stability, 
or stillness. A little bit like the high diver who is about to take their dive. They don't breathe in a way to then lie down and relax on the high diving board. They breathe in a way whereby they ground themselves. They roll back their shoulders. They take a few breaths, ready to make the dive. And this is the role of the body-based practices in activating the compassion itself. We're really trying to ground and stabilize, ready to face difficulties or distress or suffering. Okay, so once we've grounded and stabilized the body, then we start to connect with key compassionate qualities. In CFT, the compassionate qualities that we focus on here are wisdom, strength and courage, and a caring commitment. So we start to connect with compassionate wisdom, which really involves an awareness and understanding that we all just find ourselves here. With tricky brains, evolution has really designed our brains and exquisitely so. Our brains are powerful and have really aided in our survival as a species. But they also come along with trade-offs, certain aspects of our brain that can lead to distress and suffering. Anxiety, anger, sadness, or the self-conscious emotions such as guilt or shame. These are all just part of the design. And so compassionate wisdom is really connecting with that, connecting with this awareness and understanding of the non-personal nature of life. So much of our suffering is not our fault. It's just a result of these tricky brains. Now, compassionate wisdom also reminds us that our brains are able to learn and change and grow. And so we can take responsibility for how our brains work and manage some of those difficult trade-offs. So compassionate wisdom is all about it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility. And so we connect with compassionate wisdom, understanding the non-personal nature of life, the tricky brains that we have, that it's not our fault, but it is our responsibility, the wisdom of no blame and no shame. Next, we start to connect with the compassionate quality of strength and groundedness and stability. And so we come back to the breath, come back to the body-based practices to help cultivate that sense of strength. And we also cultivate confidence and emotional courage, knowing that whatever arises, we can cope with that too. We're able to really connect with a sense of authority and determination. We feel it in the body and we feel it in the heart and we feel that strength and courage in our compassionate mind. And finally, we connect with a caring commitment. As we activate the compassionate self, we make a commitment or we set an intention to be helpful rather than harmful to ourselves and also to others. This caring commitment to be helpful, to be supportive, to be reassuring, to be encouraging. And we start by asking ourselves, what is it that would be most helpful in this situation? What is it 
that I or this other person really needs right now? What can I do that might make a difference to this suffering? Compassion involves action. And as you can imagine, we draw on compassionate wisdom and compassionate strength to make that caring commitment. It's difficult. Compassion is about working with suffering after all. But with wisdom, strength and a caring commitment, we can actually approach the suffering within ourselves or the suffering of others and help to try to alleviate or prevent that suffering. And so just imagine, there you are with the body-based practices having slowed down the body and slowed down the mind. You've connected with compassionate wisdom. It's not our fault, but it is our responsibility. You've cultivated that sense of strength and groundedness and stability, as well as emotional courage. And you've made a caring commitment, a commitment to be helpful. What next? What would you feel motivated to do from there? What would you do? See if you can do it now. Connect with your compassionate self and then go about the rest of your day with this compassionate motivation in mind. May I be helpful rather than harmful to myself and others. Good luck and thanks for watching. If you're interested in learning more about the compassionate mind and cultivating one's compassionate self, please be in touch. I'm running compassionate mind training courses on a regular basis, both face-to-face -face and online. And of course, please do subscribe to this channel. I try to post weekly videos on living a compassionate life inside and out.